0: So if you had your choice, and you probably don't, but if you had your choice, what would you rather do? Would you rather conquer a kingdom, or would you rather be sawn in two? Or, if you had your choice, would you rather be slain by a sword, or would you rather escape from the sword? The answer is... It really doesn't make any difference as long as you did it by faith. Conquering a kingdom is no big deal. Lots of people, I mean, Alexander, Caesar, Charlemagne, you know, they've conquered great kingdoms. But there's no great virtue to them. And a lot of people have been sawn in too, and there was no virtue in that. The whole point of this epistle is these people are commended, because what they did, they did by faith. Now, this is All Saints Day. I love All Saints Day, because it's my day. Uh, The Holy Prince Jonathan is my saint, and he doesn't get a day all by himself. But, uh, so I get to celebrate my saints day today. Now, let's just think a little bit about saints. What are they, and how often we remember them, and why? That's the most important thing I'm after today. Why do we remember the saints? Now, here we are on this All Saints Day, okay? So, I'm lying to you now. Once a year, we remember them, right? Once a year. No, several times every Divine Liturgy, we remember them. And it gives us a clue as to why. Now, you know, sometimes uh, some of us who have been celebrated the liturgy in many different parishes we get confused because we can't remember whether it's calling to remembrance all the our most holy most blessed and glorious lady theotokos and ever virgin mary with all the saints or whether it's remembering them or calling to remembrance or commemorating it all means the same thing every single litany virtually when we get to the exclamation, it's calling to remembrance the most holy, most pure, most blessed and glorious lady, the mother of God, and ever-Virgin Mary, with all the saints. Why is it so important? Now, a Friday evening, Father Nicholas was, in his homily, was talking about you know, uh, uh, of what it means to, to co- be committed to the Lord. Well, how do we know what it is to be committed to the Lord? Well, you got some clues. Your clues come in the saints. That's where you get your clues. Now, you know, I grew up, and there's nothing wrong with this, where I only had one person that I was supposed to emulate, just one. Who was that? Jesus. Now, that's, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But it isn't quite good enough for most of us, because that was just always out of sight. I could never attain to that. Now, let's get real about some of the saints. And I'll get, we'll get to a definition of a saint here in a moment. Actually, we got it in the epistle today. But, uh, you know, some of these saints weren't all that perfect. Some of them were, I mean, they did some bad stuff. I've mentioned this before, but I used to have a homily or a sermon many, many years ago. I started preaching it probably when I was about 28 or 29 years old. Sugar stick, probably preached it a hundred times or more. If I were God, why I would justify Abraham... If I were God, why, I wouldn't justify Abraham. And since I'm not God, why, God did justify Abraham. Abraham did some pretty bad stuff. I mean, he passed off his wife a couple of times as his sister to save his own skin. That ain't very good. And David, murder and adultery. That isn't very good. Uh, Now, and, and we got some saints that, you know, I still scratch my head at. And now, we do, I I celebrated several times in my life in the last 25 years at Saints Constantine and Helen. Well, sometimes, let's say Constantine didn't do all the best things on earth. But we still call him a saint, and I think rightly so. A lot of mothers sure love Constantine, you know why they did? Because it stopped their sons from getting killed. Because he put an end to the persecution, and a lot of mothers appreciated that a great deal. Now let's just let's just think about what is a saint. Okay, we sang "Holy God, Holy Mighty, Holy Immortal" a few minutes ago. Uh, holy. Now you know a saint. That's that's Latin, and we get the word saint from Latin. Uh, if you see these, I don't. I haven't looked at these icons lately, but you know in a Greek church, they won't call them saints, it'd be agios. Uh, agios. You know what it means? Very li- Well, it means holy, but very literally in it means <coughs> ye is the Greek word for earth. Earth. And ah is the not. So from the very literal sense of the word, literal, and we don't really use it that way, it means not earthly. What do you mean not earthly? Well, more precisely what we mean by a saint, set apart. Set apart from what? Set apart from the world. That's a, it, it doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means you clearly are set apart, and what is the most unique part of being set apart? What you need, the, very, the beginning point of being set apart, is to have faith. That's the whole point of this epistle. You know, since they replaced my eyes, I, I, I do really well without glasses, and I like to preach without glasses because I can see you better but you know here he goes through these these remarkable things and he gets to the we get to the end of the lesson for today it says therefore since we are surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses who are the witnesses the saints the ones we've just he's just described here surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And in the text he said, all these, they did this by faith. You know, there were some people that conquered great kingdoms, but they did it by faith. I mean, they should have gotten their tail whipped. They really didn't have a chance, but they conquered great kingdoms. By faith. There's some great battles. Uh, I'll name you one. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. How did he do that? Well, he was outnumbered massively. And he did it just by marching around the city and blowing trumpets. That isn't a good way to conquer a kingdom. Unless you do it by faith. And Joshua, great saint. Another name for Joshua is Jesus. And he conquered, he conquered great kingdoms by force, but he conquered them by faith. Now, <clears throat> above all else here, I think the ultimate goal of a saint, and this is where it gets down to how we walk day by day in our own lives. All of these were looking for perfection. What do you mean, perfection? Oh, it's very simple. All of these were looking for what God had created them for. God created man. And he had a purpose for man. In his eternal purpose, man was the ultimate of his creation. The height. Why did did Lucifer get angry? I don't know the answer to that for sure. But I'll give you a good calculated guess. I think the devil, Lucifer, the glorious archangel, I think he was jealous because he would someday be superseded by man. For, says the writer, same writer to the Hebrews, For he has made him, that is God has made man, for a little while lower than the angels. Just for a little while. But ultimately, man is above the angels. God has a purpose. He has a purpose for you, a purpose in your life. And it's, it's grand and it's glorious, but it's holy. It's set apart. It's not earthly. It's not worldly. You know what's missing in this text from the Hebrews? It doesn't talk. It doesn't commend great rich men. It doesn't say, uh, who by faith conquered great kingdoms, got very rich. It doesn't say that. It, whatever was done, it was done by faith, and faith that was looking forward to being what God wanted them to be. Now, when we get to calling to remembrance our all holy, immaculate, most, pray, most great and glory, Theotokos, and ever-Virgin Mary with all the saints, let's commit ourselves. Now how, how am I to commit myself to Christ? How am I to do that? It's real simple. Like Mary did. Like the saints did. Are you committing yourself to living a perfect life on this earth? Well, you'd like to, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you like to be perfect? you got a problem if you don't. You really do. you got a problem if you don't want to be perfect. But you got a problem if you think you're going to make it in this life all by yourself. You will attain perfection ultimately if that's your ultimate goal, if you are willing to be what God wants you to be. I remember, oh, I don't know how many years ago, 50? I don't know. I remember Bill Bright preaching one day, and he made a profound impact on me. You know, I don't remember many sermons. I don't remember my own. I barely remember last Sunday in St. Stephen's in San Jose, but that was fun. But I remember some sermons. And that's that day, he was preaching, and he says, God has a claim. On your life. And I thought, whoa, that's right. God has a claim on my life. God has a claim on every life. God has a claim on your life. He has a purpose for you. We had those four spiritual laws. They weren't all bad. Sometimes we just misinterpreted them. God loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life. That is a true statement. But it doesn't mean a little white house with a picket fence, two cars in the driveway, and two nice children, which is how it was often interpreted that God's plan for your life had to do with what was going to happen to you in this age, in this life. That's not what we mean by God has a wonderful plan for your life. I don't know, Father Nicholas. I don't know what God's plan for your life is. I think being a priest is part of it. But it might be to reign over four or five galaxies. (laughs) But everybody would agree with you. God has an ultimate plan for us all. And it's when you make that commitment, I think this is fair, I hadn't thought about this beforehand, when you make by faith, I'll buy that, a commitment to his plan. You know, we get plans for our lives. I want to do this, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to go to seminary, I'm going to go into this business, I'm going to do all this. There's nothing inherently wrong with that as long as that's not your goal. Because you're never going to be a saint. And you know that the only people that make it into the kingdom of God are saints. They're the only ones that make it. You you mean i got to be perfect to get in? No. The only saint we're willing to give perfection to is that one. We don't give perfection to any of the others. I want to be a saint. I want in. Honestly, I really do want to be perfect. But if you sit down and visit with my wife and my sons and their wives, they're going to say the old guy has a ways to go. But I think they would all agree, but he wants to get there. He wants to be that way. Because my eyes are fixed. Honestly, my eyes are fixed if they adjusted a little better. Father Nicholas, is <laughs> see what glasses are not for? We got a problem here. All of these. well attested by their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had foreseen something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. All made perfect together. All these we read about. Yeah, I was thinking about Matthew today during Matins. <laughs> I was thinking. Uh, they were reading the Synaxarion, you know, sort of the little... All sort of historical bit that goes with the day and, and it was going through how all the saints died and I thought, you know, Matthew might have, might have done better if he stayed a tax collector than, than get crucified or rather than get martyred. What did he do, get, get shot through with arrows or something like that? Was it a bad choice? No, I think he did better as, a, as an apostle than a rich tax collector. But how did he do it? By faith. I was going to ask a question I may not know the answer to. Is it inherently evil to be a tax collector? In America, it might be. (laughs) We'll find out in a few months, won't we, maybe? (laughs) But there's probably nothing inherently evil about being a tax collector, as long as you're honest. But that wasn't God's purpose. That wasn't God's purpose for Matthew. God's purpose for Matthew was something better. And it wasn't only to be apostle. What was God's ultimate purpose for Matthew? Answer me. Perfection. 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 For all eternity. To be what God envisioned when he created man. In his own image and light was what Matthew ultimately strove for. Now, to finish, you know, we get along in this, in this life, we struggle. Sometimes things go well for us, sometimes don't, things don't go well for us. What I want you to be able to do, my ultimate goal in this homily is for every time you hear Calling to remembrance our all-holy, immaculate, most blessed and glorious Lady Theotokos and ever-Virgin Mary with all the saints. Let us commit ourselves and each other and all our life unto Christ our God. What I want you to do is to be able to say, I, I do this many times consciously. I say, yes, Lord, that is what I want. I want to commit myself. I want to commit myself and all these people around me. I do. I stand there not just me, all of you, to commit us, I and each other, and all our life unto Christ our God. How do I have an idea of what that is? Hebrews 11, all the saints, the mother of God. And sometimes it's very difficult. Now, I, you know, I used to love to sit down and, with Father Jack, and Father Richard, Father Peter, Father Gordon. I love to sit down before a homily especially, You know, we'd go over what was going to be said, make sure we were all in agreement that this was what needed to be said. Don't have that anymore. Lost them. Sort of. Though I think Father Richard's playing tricks on me. Because in Father Richard's last days, he spent vast amounts of his time in St. John Chrysostom. And I find out in these days, whether they're my last or lot, I don't know. But I find myself spending a lot of time with St. John Chrysostom. Not his liturgy, but his writings. Uh, he didn't write them, but somebody wrote them down for him. <clears throat> and uh, I, I like to bring him to church with me. I told the folks in San Jose last week that I, I brought with me St. John Chrysostom. And uh, I'm, I brought him with me today. So, thinking of the saints... Why, says St. John Chrysostom, it may be said, who is there who is not against us? Remember the second half of that list in Hebrews? The ones that had everything go bad, but they went bad by faith. In other words, they could accept. They could accept what was coming to them. By faith, they could say, they could say in the midst of stuff, bad, thank you, Lord. By faith, they could say it. We all need to be able to say this. But anyway, he says, who is there who is not against us? Why, the world is against us. Both kings and people. The who is against us? Talk to me. The world. What's a saint? A ah world. Not of this world. Okay. Why, the world is against us. Both kings and peoples, both relations and countrymen. Yet these that be against us. So far are they from thwarting us at all that even without their will they become to us causes of crowns and procurers of countless blessings in that God's wisdom turns their plots unto our salvation and glory. See how really no one is against us. So if you are sawn in two by faith, (laughs) it's to your glory, as a matter of fact. Again, our father among the saints, John Chrysostom, Archbishop of Constantinople, whose divine liturgy we celebrate. But against the faithful who take good heed unto God's laws, neither man nor devil nor anything besides can stand against him. For if you take away his money, you have become the procurer, the buyer of a reward to him. If you speak ill of him, by the evil report he gains fresh luster in God's sight." If you cast him into starvation, the more will be his glory and his reward. If what seems to be the most severe stroke of all, you give him over to death, you are twining a crown of martyrdom about him. What then is equivalent to this way of life, being that against which nothing can be done, but even if they seem to devise mischief, are no less of service than their benefactors? You see, there's nothing that can go wrong with us, but it has to be in faith. Faith has got to be involved. You just don't say, oh, it's not just, okay, if it's the will of Allah. No, God has a purpose and a plan. He wants you to be a saint. He wants you to be not of this world. He wants to get you into his eternal kingdom. Yeah, you were right, Father Nicholas on Wednesday on Friday night. And we need to commit ourselves and each other. How often? I think it's seven times on Sunday morning. <laughs> it's just constantly. Commit yourself and each other. By the way, I love that each other. In all our life and the Christ our God. But we have an image. We have models. We know what it's about. We don't have to sit here and say, "What's a saint like?" I know what the Holy Prince Jonathan was like. I've spent a lot of time. I know everything about. It. well. I know a lot about the Holy Prince Jonathan. I really do. I'm satisfied with him as a saint. I love it. But I love all the saints. Remembering our most holy, most pure, most blessed and glorious Lady, the Theotokos and Ever Virgin Mary with all the saints, let us commend ourselves and each other and all our life unto Christ our God on this All Saints' Day.